Open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 73. It's great to be in church tonight. Psalm 73. Let's pray before we get started. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for all you've done for us. God, I pray that you'd help me now. I pray you'd calm my nerves, and I pray that I'd be able to just preach the message that you've given me, God, for, uh, for these people and even for myself. God, I pray that you'd help me now. And God, I pray for all those listening, whether by live stream or in the building. God, I pray that they would just hear from you. God, that no one would remember me, God, but they would remember that they heard something from God Almighty. And God, I thank you for this message that you've given me. What a blessing and encouragement it was to me. And God, I just thank you for always loving me. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'd guide me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So God has been good to us in the year 2020. And a lot of people may think, you know, that's not true or whatever it may be. That, you know, 2020 was a difficult year, and it was. But God has been good to us in the year 2020. This past year has been a life-changing year for so many people, but God never changes. God is good to you today. He'll be good to you yesterday. Uh, he was good to you yesterday, and he'll be good to you tomorrow. So I want to focus on this aspect tonight, that God is good. And we hear it all the time, and you know, it almost becomes cliche to the point where we just don't really hold to it like we used to. And I know a lot of times in Bible college they would sing that song, God has been good, and it's a great song. And I remember the first few times I heard it, I actually used to tear up when I would hear it, and it was just such a blessing to me. And then about the third and the fourth time, I found myself thinking, oh, I've, well, I've heard this song again. But the reality is, is that every time we think of the goodness of God, it should move us. The situations in, that in your life will never change the goodness of God in your life. So God is good. So what does that mean exactly? Before we dive into it, why God's good and how God is good, what does it mean that God is good? Well, very simply, so simple, it means that God is not bad. There's no sin in God. God is completely holy. The opposite of good is that you know, God is not bad. But even more than that, God is not wrong. God has never wronged you. God has never done anything wrong to you. You know, the saved and the unsaved go through trials and hardships, but it's not God wronging you. And then lastly, I thought of what does it mean that God is good, is that God is always right. So go writing along with that God has never wronged you. God is always right. God is good to every single one of us. What can you look back in 2020 and say, God was good to me? Now, obviously, if you know me, you know I got married in 2020, and I can say God was good to me. It was a miracle that somebody would marry me, and I found a wife, and it's a real blessing. I remember, you know, people like to joke. Obviously, we all know uh, someone in this church who likes to joke and said, <laughs> said, oh, well, you know, I'm, getting, I'm leaving. I'm getting married, and he said, oh, how much are you paying her? And the reality is it's a blessing, and, and you know, it's truly God has been good to me because now I, I'm married, and I'm in the ministry, and I'm, I'm living the best life serving Jesus Christ. So we can all look back at 2020 and say, you know, God was good to me here. So let's look in verse, uh, verse in chapter 73 of Psalm, Psalm 73, of someone who, who came to the same conclusion. In verse 1, it says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no man's in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued 
like other men. Therefore, pride come passes them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt, and they speak wickedly concerning the oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and I have washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I shall offend against this generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down in destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream, when one awaketh, so will, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reign. So foolish was I and ignorant, I was a, as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy work. So, obviously, right from the first verse, it says, Truly God is good to Israel. And we all need to get to a point in our lives where we know without a shadow of a doubt that God is is good to us. Now, I know that there's times in our lives when things happen that we didn't expect, and, you know, we, different people go through different terrible things, but God is still good to us. So I want to go through a few points tonight talking about how God is good to us. Just really an encouragement and a reminder that, you know, God is good to you, even in this, you know, crazy year that we went through, and looking to the new year, remembering going into this new year, that God is good to us. So first I see that God always satisfies. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I went against my homiletic training. This is, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to throw it into the passage because it's not there, but I feel like I had to point on, uh, you know, put a point on it, is that God satisfies our sin penalty. And the number one reason that God is good to us is because he gives us a way to go to heaven. God gives us an opportunity to get saved, so he satisfies our sin penalty. So God is good to us, because he saved us from hell. But not only that, is that he saved us from the bondage of sin. So if you ever get to a point in your life, you think, okay, well, God's not good to me, and, you know, God's really, you know, done me wrong lately, and, I, you, know, maybe, you know, maybe you really are going through a trial, but the reality is you were way worse than you were before. Before, without God in the world and in your sin and in the bondage of sin, that was way worse than you are right now. Regardless of what's going on, God is good to you, because you no longer are slave to sin. The different addictions, the different things that you went through, the different things of your past that you used to struggle with, now you have victory in your life because God is good to you and because God saved you. So he saved you from hell. I mean, think about that. You no longer have to go to hell and be separated from God forever. You now have the hope of heaven because God is good to you. If you ever get down, whether you know different things of life, whether you know 
I always use this example because it's very irritating to me. Whether you spill your coffee. Now, the only person that ir- that's more irritated by that is the man who has to clean it when I spill my coffee. But, it, you know, whether you're having a bad day or whatever it may be, you know, God is good to you. Why? Because you can just remember that, you know, in however many years when God calls me home, I'm on my way to heaven. So also we need to remember that it was a loving sacrifice. You know, the only reason God you know, sent his son to die for you because he's good, but also because he loves you. If nothing else, we can look to our salvation and the death of Christ on the cross and know that God is good to us. God has saved us from our past and has given us a victorious future. I'd like to read this verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. I have it here, so you don't have to turn there. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And look at this phrase. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of God. So you can look at that verse and say, God is good to me. Because that's what I was before, all those terrible things, but now I have victory, and now I can live in the victory that Christ has given me. And then one last verse in Ephesians 5. For we were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light. So just to start off, like I said, it wasn't in the text that we're going to look through the rest of the night, but I just I felt it important. God, you know, God told me to say that the fact is God's good to us no matter what because we're saved. We know we should never get over that. We shouldn't, you know, a lot of times we'll preach in chapel on salvation, or you'll even hear salvation, you know, different throughout the times on Sunday. But it should never be, oh, well, I don't have to listen to this. No, it should be, wow, God is so good to me because I have accepted Christ as my Savior. Not only is God good to you because he satisfies our sin penalty, but he satisfies our every need. Look in Psalm 73, where we are in verse 6 and 7. It says, Therefore pride compasses them about as a chain, violence covers them as a garment, their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. And we talked about this a little bit in the panel tonight, but the world will leave you wanting more and wanting more, and it'll never satisfy you. Whether it's an addiction, you know, you think, oh, I just got to get a little bit more and a little bit more. And the reality is you'll never get enough. But when God gets into your heart, he satisfies every single need. So he not only sat- he satisfies all your needs, your physical needs. In Philippians 4.19, it talks about how God's going to provide everything you'll ever need. And it talks about in, um, in the Psalms, uh, David said, you know, I never saw a righteous person begging for bread. The reality is that every one of us probably ate breakfast today and lunch today, unless you're fasting, of course. But the reality is we all well fed and we have clothes and we have a house to go home to. Why? Because God is so good to us. Because God supplies each and every one of our needs. None of us here are in need of everything. You may feel like you want something that you don't have, and that may be true. The reality is God supplies all our needs because God is good to us. Not only our physical needs, but our spiritual needs. You know, God is always there for you when you need to talk to Him. God is there for you when you have a problem or a struggle. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it talks about how you have, God has given you all grace so you, you can have all sufficiency unto all good works. You have everything you'll ever need to live godly. Now this goes right along with if God calls you to do something, he's given you the ability to do it because he's given you all sufficiency in spiritual needs. And then in John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy you. Jesus is 
enough. God is so good to us because he gives us everything we'll ever need. But not only that, but God satisfies our wants and our desires. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, a lot of times, if I say that, people right away will think, Oh, great, well, I'll get my new fishing pole. Well, I don't want to judge anybody. That's what I think. You know, get a new car, whatever it may be. You know, those are the desires of my heart. Well, the reality is, when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires will line up with God's desires. You'll, you'll get to a point where God will show you, okay, well, I want you to do this, and you're in tune with God to the point where you say, you know, I, I want to do that too. So God gives you your wants. God gives you desires. I think of, I think of my own life, and I think I've, I've shared this before, maybe not, but, you know, I love basketball. If you've, ever, if you've ever seen me coach, you can see I love basketball. I'm a, I'm a wild coach, and I love it, and I enjoy it, and I get into it, and you know, I've always loved that, and I've always loved basketball and playing it. And when I got into the ministry, it's like, oh, well, you know, I can't play basketball or do basketball anymore. But, you know, God gave me the privilege to coach basketball now. Now, that's just a desire, a delight that I had that God used for his honor and glory. So God can do, God can take your desires and your likes and use them for his glory. So the first point, God is good to us. Why? Because he always satisfies. But secondly, God gives abundant blessing. Look, look in verse 11 and 12 in Psalm chapter 73. It said, and they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the, and they increase in riches. It says, how does God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? So we know without a doubt that God does know. And we know without a doubt that God knows everything. He's omniscient and he's all-powerful and, and all those great wonderful things. Why? Because God is good to us, and He knows our struggles, and He helps us with them. You know, we could be here all night talking about the different blessings of God in our life. So I just wrote down a few of them, the quick ones that popped up in my head. is God, a blessing in our life is that God cares for each and every person and each and every problem. I know in First, uh, in first Peter 5, 7, it says, Casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. You know, what a blessing that the God of the universe cares about you personally, cares about me personally. You know, God knows that that problem that you woke up with that was already on your mind, or God may already know the problem that you're thinking about right now when I, you know, brought up the fact that God cares about you. God cares about each and every one of you. You know, what a blessing. You know, different religions don't have that. They don't have a God who looks down and says, all right, I care about that one and that one, and he can point to every single person and says, God cares about you. You know, other religions, they'll worship a God who's dead. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive and well. What a blessing that is. So God, God is good. God's given us, you know, so many blessings. The first one, God cares about us. The second is God gives us mercy and grace each and every day. Lamentations 3.23, for the mercies of God are new every morning. And we praise the Lord for that. We sure do need them. Each and every single day that you wait, God gives you more mercy and more grace. And what I find is really the greatest blessing in my life is that you know, when I fail God and I sin and I fall and, and I ask God to forgive me, each and every time, God forgives me. And that's crazy because, you know, you don't always get that with people or with, you know, your friends or your family. You may wrong them and they may take a little bit to forgive you. Or you may, you know, you may really hurt somebody and they hold a grudge against you and they, they form bitterness. Now that's, you know, that's not your fault. They, they shouldn't be bitter. But the reality is when it comes to God, when you wrong God, God forgives you right when you ask for it. And the, the best part is you don't have to ask for forgiveness again. God's forgiven it, and he's tossed it as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers your sin no more. What a blessing that is. So God cares, God forgives, and he gives us mercy and grace. And also, you know, God gives you friends and family. If you read in verse 
16 and 17, it says, When I thought to know that it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, and they understood, then I understood their end. Now, this is the Old Testament. It's not talking about the church specifically, but we know that we can come into the sanctuary of God. We can come into the church and have friends and family and church family that we have. You know, what a blessing that is that, you know, I love that, you know, how we were able to do live stream and we were able to, you know, when we needed to, to not have people in the building. But, you know, there's nothing like being in church. There's nothing like gathering together as believers and fellowshipping with one another. You know, it's the, the accountability that you have with believers. It's the fellowship of different people going through the same things you're going through and going through the same struggles of 2020 that you're going through. And we as believers can pray for each other and lift each other up. So what a blessing that is. But, you know, I thought of, you know, family, immediate family, your extended family. What a blessing is, you know, Christmas and the holidays coming around able to spend time with family and whatnot. What a blessing that is. God, you know, God established the family. I thought about this in Genesis 1, you know, he made Adam, he made Eve, and he established the family. Now, this isn't in the notes, but that's the main reason why some of the families are so broken down, because Satan likes to attack what God set up. But the reality is, is that God established the family. So what a blessing it is when you have a loving relationship with a, you know, sibling or a, a spouse or whatever it may be. You know, God intended that. God established that, and that's a blessing. We also see in Matthew chapter 16 that God established the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. So there's so many blessings that we can go through tonight and realize that God is good. You know, God provides. And, and I thought of this, daily blessing. You know, that you can be a daily blessing to somebody. I think of, you know, when somebody, now this is a real blessing, when somebody brings me coffee that I wasn't expecting, or, you know, I know sometimes... Uh, me and Pastor, we were working on his office, and he was like, hey, Anthony, I'm going to stop at Dunkin'. Do you want anything? It's just like the glory of God just shines on you when that happens. It's just, you know, just little things that you can be a blessing to people. I thought of, you know, giving sacrificially. When you see somebody struggling, and you may not have a whole lot of extra money, but, you know, you got, a, you know, maybe some cash in your pocket or whatever it may be, and you say, here, you know, I want to give you this. I remember we were out, I don't remember where we were, we were out to dinner one night, and, you know, they were really slow. There was not a lot of business. So I, you know, I tried to give her a bigger, a bigger tip to be a blessing to her. Why? Because, you know, different people are struggling and we're out there to be a blessing. So God blesses us, but we can be a blessing to other people. God gives us so many blessings. Now, just think about it. I'm not going to call on you or call, ask you to raise your hand, but just think to your own heart. Today, today, not last week, not last year, but today, something that God did to you that you can say, wow, that was a blessing. See, God gives us blessings each and every day. Hopefully you thought of something that's not. Maybe you can, you know, go home and think about it. Or, you know, look for different blessings that God has given you. Because God has given you a blessing. What a great and wonderful God who blesses us every day. So really think about that. You know, we like to talk about the blessings of God. And the reality is that God blesses us every day. But God really is good to each and every one of you. You may not have been able to think of a blessing right away. But I know if you sit here and you think about it long enough, you can think of something that God did for you today that was a blessing. Because God is good to all of us. And then thirdly, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Now this is the thing about Christianity that I've never gotten over. This is the thing about Christianity when I was 16 and I, I dedicated my life to God. Is that really what changed things for me? Is that this is the only you know, religion, this is the only you know, really religion that allows you to have a personal relationship with God. And the reality of that is just so amazing to me. He says, God is so good. Not only does he save us, but he pursues a relationship with us. In verse 22, uh, back in Psalm 73, it says, So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee, knowing who is and who God is. 
Nonetheless, I am continually with you and with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. So he knows, the writer of this psalm here, he knows without a doubt that, you know, he's just another person. Now, I don't know how many people were back then, but think of today, we're just one of seven billion people. And he said, I'm just as a beast before you, knowing that he's just creation. You know, he's nothing special. He's just a created being. But the reality is, he said, but you would, you know, hold my hand and walk me through life and you would guide me through life. And that's the greatest aspect, I can tell you, of being a Christian. I can always look at that and say, God is good to me because no matter what I go through, God's there with me. You know, that's the difference. You know, unsaved people go through the same trials that saved people go through. But the problem, I mean, the difference is, is that we have God with us. Is that no matter what we go through, Jesus goes through the same trials with us. And that's the blessing. I know I heard of somebody, they went through something awful and they... Um, the person noticed, he's like, you know, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you as sad as I thought you would be? Or, and, you know, they were able to share with them Jesus, the hope that they had, that, you know, the reality is that, you know, that they had hope in Jesus. I'll, I'll give you a personal example. When my mom passed away, I went to work the next week, and the guys were like, Anthony, you know, I'm surprised you're here, whatever it may be. You know, you seem like you're just kind of living your life like you would. I said, you know, it's a dramatic thing. It's, you know, the biggest trial I ever went through, obviously. And, but the reality is, I was like, you know, She's in heaven, and I know that without a doubt. And I remember, um, to get real personal, I remember the morning after she died, it was April 15th, you know, me and my brother, we couldn't sleep a wink, and, you know, we were all, everything's crazy for us, and our heads are spinning. So we just went out to breakfast. I think it was 4.30 in the morning. We weren't sleeping, so we said, let's go eat. And we were like, you know, if there's just a piece about it, because we know there's no more suffering, and now we're the ones who are quote-unquote, suffering. And the reality is, is that, you know, death is not an end. Death is not separation. Death is really a victory for the Christian. You know, it really brought to life that verse that said, how precious are the death of the saints? And I was like, what are you talking about, precious? But the reality is, it's a homecoming. It's the fact that, you know, one of God's childs are where they're supposed to be. And a thousand, you know, two hundred years from now, we're all going to be in heaven anyway. And that's the hope we have as Christians. And that's the reason God is always good to you. That's the reason, without a doubt, you know, whatever happens, God is good to you because, like I said before, you know, we're on the winning side. Whatever happens, Jesus wins and we'll be in heaven forever. So God is good to us and God is giving us many blessings. So God is, he wants a relationship with us. So what kind of a relationship is it? Well, first, we see that God is loving. God will always love you unconditionally. In 1 John, it says God is love. And, you know, we know John 16, for God so loved the world. God is a loving God. God guides us through life. And we saw that in verse 23 and 24. It says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. I remember, um, I think it was my mom, she was witnessing to one of her, her siblings or someone in her immediate family. She said, and the, the person she was witnessing to, she said, oh, well, that's just a crutch that you need throughout life. You know, Jesus is just somebody you need because you're not strong enough to do it yourself. He says, no, the reality is, is that, you know, we need Jesus because we don't know what we're doing. And, and, and neither does the world. They're, we're all just people. And as Jesus said, they're a sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus is not a crutch that I use throughout my life. Jesus is my life. And that's the relationship that we have with God is that reality is that Jesus guides and directs our lives. Why? Because he has the best interest for us in mind. So Follow God, follow Jesus. Why? Because God is so good to us that he actually wants a relationship with us. So he guides and directs us. God, God walks through the good and the bad of our lives. He doesn't, 
He's not like that friend who's kind of, uh, you know, just a wishy-washy friend. Oh, you're going through something terrible. I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just leave. Or, you know, oh, okay, well, I, I think of the prodigal son once he lost all his money. All his friends left. Well, God is never like that. God will never leave you. He's there through the good times and the bad times. You know, a lot of times people will blame God for different things that they go through their life. And I thought of this. I thought of a tour guide. You know, if you're... This is where my brain goes. I thought of this illustration myself. So if you're going through a zoo, right, and you have a tour guide, and you stop following the guide, and I thought of me because I was a wanderer when I was a little kid, and I just wander into, say, you know, one of the, the monkey cages because in the Great Adventure Safari, I was always afraid of that because could, I could just get out of the car. And I wandered there, right, and I'm, in the, and I'm crying because, you know, everything's going crazy. Well, the problem wasn't the fact that the guide didn't do their job. The problem was I didn't follow so when something's wrong in your life, it's not God's fault. It's probably our own fault for not following God. The problem isn't when, you know, God's holding your hand and taking you through a trial. The problem is when you let go and you go your own way. So we need to follow God. Why? God is good to us because he'll walk you through different trials in your life. So God forgives us. We talked about that. God forgives you every time. Never get over the forgiveness of God. We talk about God is good to us. Why? Because he forgives us. First John 1 John 1.9 you know it. You know I'll never say it. It's a verse I always mess up. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if I can get there, I knew I should have wrote down. First John 1 John 1.9 says, I should have just had some other cool. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteous, not part of it. You know, we can't ask God for forgiveness and then just say, oh, okay, well, I'll keep that part. No, the reality is you ask God for forgiveness and he forgives you and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then lastly, under, under this point is God wants a relationship with you, but it's an eternal relationship. Go back. Well, you're probably still there. In Psalm 73, Psalm 73 in verse 24, Psalm 73 in verse 24, and I love this verse. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. So without a doubt, we know that you know, we're going to follow God, and if we follow God and we are saved, and we're going to follow him right up into glory because God's going to lead you all the way to the end of your life. And you know, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. So we have an eternal relationship. You know, what a blessing. We're talking about how good God is and how amazing God is in our life, and what a blessing that you know, we get to walk with God through this earth, and that's, you know, better than anybody else has it in this world. But not only that, is when we die, that doesn't end. We keep going. We keep furthering our relationship with the Lord. And what a blessing that is. God is good because he's given us the hope of heaven, and he, we will be with him forever. So why is God good to us? So first, God never, or God always satisfies. And then second is that God gives us abundant blessings. And then we third, that God is, wants a relationship with us. And then lastly, God never fails. So look in verse 25, 26. It says, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. It says right away, My flesh and my heart faileth. You know, failing is not in God's vocabulary. God's never said, oh man, I messed that one up. No, no, God never fails. God's never done anything wrong. God's never, you know, if God, if God took a test, he wouldn't have failed it. Whatever it may be, God directing your life, he's never failed you. God will never 
fail. We fail ourselves plenty of times. We're not perfect. We're, we're human. Obviously, we can't use that as an excuse to sin, but the reality is we will fail. And I know, you know that's why we don't, put, we don't point people to ourselves. I don't try to get the, the teens to fall in love with me. No, why? Because I'll fail them. I'm human just like everybody else. We have to point everybody to God who never fails them. People will fail us, but God will ne- never fail. Why? And I thought of this is because God has your best interest in mind. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 through 14, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. It doesn't say some of your heart, it says all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from the nations and from the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place, the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Now these are some amazing verses, and we really need to hold to them. Is the fact that Jesus said, I will or, or see that God's talking here in Jeremiah. He says, I know what I, the thoughts I have towards you. He said, they're thoughts of peace and not of evil. Meaning is that God has a plan for your life and it has your best interest in mind. And I thought of the next few verses. And in verse 14, it says, I will gather you from the nations and from the place where I have driven you. Meaning that God caused them to be dispersed and he's driven them away. Why? So he can gather them up again. And the reality is, if you're far from God, he may send you through a trial to get you back to him. And, that, and that's the point of trials, really, is to get closer to God. So if you go through a trial and you say, oh, God's wrong in me again, I'm out of here. Well, you've missed it. God is good to you regardless of what happens, and he may just try to get you back to where you're supposed to be. God will never, God never fails, and God will never break a promise. You can always count on God. I thought of when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I promised somebody, I had a jacket on, and I didn't, you know, it was a decent jacket, and they said to me, Anthony, I, I really like that jacket. I said, all right, I promise you I'll buy you one for your birthday. I never did. And the reality is I still never did. I've bought this person presents for birthday and Christmas afterwards, but it's still, to my, to, to my memory, I've not ever bought that person this jacket, and they'll remind me from time to time. Why? Because I'm a human. I, I, I honestly sometimes will forget that I made a promise, and I won't keep it. But the reality is God always keeps his promises. And we don't have time tonight to go through the hundreds of promises in the Bible. But the reality is that, you know, God says, you know, call unto me and I will answer thee. So every time you pray, you can know without a doubt that God's listening. God, we talked about God said, I'll provide for you. So we know without a doubt that if you have a need, a need, not a want, a need that God will provide for you. God never breaks a promise. You know, what a God. The fact that God is so good to us that any promise, I know they, they sell this book called The Promise Book. I give you uh, advice to go get it. It's a great book, and you can read any promise in that book from Scripture and know without a doubt that God's going to keep that promise. So God will always keep his promise. Then lastly here, God never fails because we need to draw nigh to God. God said draw, uh, right here in verse 28, it says, But it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I might declare all thy works. Uh, James 4, 7 says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. So it means that God's never going to fail you. You're never going to say, okay, I'm going to start getting closer to God and God's going to start running the other way. That's never going to happen. Every time you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. And that's really a blessing of scripture and a blessing of Christianity and the fact that God is so good to us because every time, every time you try to get closer to God, he'll get closer to you. And the reality is, if you say, oh, well, I'm just not as close to God tonight as I wish I was, 
That is your fault. It is not God's fault. God's never failed you. I know in my own life that times get busy and I feel like I'm farther away from God. It's like, man, I need to just go pray somewhere and get closer to God. And every time, I promise you, when I go with the right heart, God meets with me. And I'm like, man, you know, this is great. Thank you, God. I, I love you. God is so good. And God's just like, you know, why didn't you do this sooner? The reality is that God is always there. The fact wasn't that, you know, God is like, okay, well, now God's here. No, the reality is it's just the fact that I had a willing heart that time. So you are as close to God as you want to be. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. So God is good. You know, we all know that, and that's great, and we should be reminded of that, and hopefully you can go home tonight and say, you know, I'm so glad that God is good in my life. You know, you know I've been through a rough year, as many of us have, but God is still good in my life. But in conclusion... You know, God is good. God is good. It's a proven fact. God always satisfies. He always blesses, and he always wants a relationship with you, no matter who you are. God will never fail you. Truly, God is good to us. So we know for a fact, God has been good to you. But have you been good to God? And, it's, and it's the reality is that God is always going to be good to us. But have you been good to God? And we're in a relationship with God. You're in a relationship with Jesus if you're saved. So here's four or five, I don't remember, four or five different aspects of a relationship to see if you've been good to God. They all start with T because they're alliterated. Talking, number one, God keeps his promise. If you pray, he'll listen. If you pray, he'll answer. When is the last time you really prayed? You know, God's good to you. He'll answer you every time you pray. But have you been good to God? Have you talked to him like you should? And I thought of this. If God is your best friend, and if you didn't talk to your best friend, would they really feel like your best friend? If, if you to only talk to your spouse as much as you prayed today, would they even know you were there? And I thought to myself, you know, if I only talked to my wife as much as I prayed today, you know, she'd probably be pretty upset with me. And then why wouldn't we think the same with God? You know, God's probably not very happy with the fact that we don't talk to him like we should. Praying is the most spiritual thing you can do as a Christian, Pastor Clark said that. If you only, uh, so don't say you love God and he's your friend if you never talk to him. Now, I know we have friends that we don't talk to very often, but we should talk to God every single day. Praying is the most spiritual thing you can do as a Christian. And the reality is, is that most of us will say our prayer life is what we struggle with the most. And I'm being honest with you. That is what I struggle with. And I, 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 I've explained this to my wife, and I, we, you know, we talk, and I say, you know, I don't understand. I could read chapters and chapters of my Bible, and I love it, but just something about praying that it's hard for me to do. And I realize it's probably because it's the thing that Satan hates the most. It's when, you know, the power of God is unleashed in somebody's life is when they start praying. Now, anybody can read, and, you know, maybe you get something out of it, maybe you don't, and then you go and nothing changes. Well, Satan's not afraid of that. Satan's afraid when he sees a, a Christian on his knees for hours praying and the power of God comes down on that Christian and the power of God changes the people around him. Why? Because they're praying. So God has been good to us, but we need to be good to him. So number one is talking. Number two is thanking. You know, we know God is good. And you know, if I were to say, is God good? And everyone say yes and amen. But the reality is, when's the last time we thanked God for being good? So maybe tonight you just need to come to his altar and just thank God. Say, Anthony, you know, I, I, maybe I don't thank God enough. You know, you can never thank God enough. But do we thank him at all? 
When's the last time you just, you know, just said, you know, God, I just want to thank you for being so good to me. And just be specific. Go down the list. Say, God, thank you for, you know, the nice warm breakfast that I had. And thank you for the, the hot water that I was able to use today. And, you know, thank you for the coffee. Amen. What, different things. Just be specific and thank God for how good he's been to you. So talking, thanking, thirsting. What do I mean by that? Uh, Psalm 42, 2 says, my soul thirsteth for God, the living God. Don't say God is good if you don't strive to know him more and more each day. You might as well say God is usually good or, you know, God is all right if your life doesn't show it. You know, a lot of times in my life I'll see, I'll say, oh, you know, God is good, God is great, and then, you know, I'll skip like two, three days of praying. Well, God probably doesn't believe me when I say that because the reality is if God is so good and God is so great, we should be on our knees each and every single day praying to him. So thirsting for God, it's, a, you know, the Bible in that same chapter, talks about the heart, you know, panting after the water. and just, The fact that, you know, they're just so thirsty and they need to get that drink of water. And it's, it's kind of like if you have a dog and you're playing with it out all day and then it runs in and gets a drink of water. That's how we should be for God. We should be so thirsty for God. And there's a uh, fourth one, so there is five. Fourth is trusting. You know, God is so good, well, it should be easy to trust him. Don't look in your Bible and say, okay, well, that's great. That's what God's telling me to do. I'm going to go with what this person's saying. No, whenever God tells you to do something, we need to just trust him and do it. And then lastly is tithing. It was a T and it worked. God is good to you, so make sure you hold nothing back from him. The reality is if God is good to you and God's blessing you financially, you know, don't hold anything back from him. And even if you, you know, maybe you feel like God's not blessing you financially, well, keep tithing and God will provide for you and God will provide all of your needs. So God is good to us, but have we been good to him? Tithing, trusting, talking to God, thanking God, and thirsting after God. God is good. God is always only good. We sang, I don't know if that's the title of the song, but that's a part of a song in one of our choir songs, is that God is always only good. God's never going to stop being good. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and God's going to you know, wrong you or do something that you don't like. You know, God is always going to be good to you. God has been good and he will continue to be good. So let's pray. Let's bow our eyes, bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you just need today to thank God for being good to you. Maybe you haven't thanked him lately, or maybe you thanked him yesterday and you want to do it again. Just come and ask God and thank God for how good he's been in your life. If you feel like maybe you haven't been good to God, God's been good to you, but maybe you feel like you, you've done some things that you haven't been good to God. I encourage you to, when the piano starts playing, we're going to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed for the time being. Right when the piano starts playing, just come to the altar and, and ask God, you know, for forgiveness. You haven't prayed like you should. Or, you know, maybe you haven't trusted him in this thing. I hope you've been good to us. But have we been good to God? Come and as the Lord leads you.